it's incredibly normal and natural to have fears around investing, especially since nothing is guaranteed. Yes, you can lose money. No one can accurately predict what will happen with the stock market. But there's one thing we know for sure. When money is involved, our emotions can get in the way. It happens so much that there's even a name for it, emotional investing. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Once my husband and I finished paying off our debt many years ago, I knew deep down that we needed to get focused on investing. We had to focus on our retirement goals, and that was our next logical step, which, side note, I wish we had started investing sooner. Yes, even when we had debt, but you can't go back in time, so I digress. While I wanted to invest for our future, words like stock market, mutual fund, and target date index funds made my head spin. I mean, couldn't someone else handle this for us? It all seemed so overwhelming at the time. So that's what we did. We met with a financial advisor and handed off this investing task to them. But it wasn't until years later that we realized, whoa, their fees were high. And in fact, if we had continued to use that financial advisor over the course of our lives for the rest of the time we were investing, we would end up paying thousands more over time than if we had just handled our own investments. And once I learned how these fees would impact our overall wealth, I made it my mission, and my husband did the same, to learn more about investing so that we could take back control over it. Here's the truth about investing. It can seem complicated and be incredibly intimidating. The truth is that we aren't born knowing how to invest. We have to learn how to do it. We have to take time to figure out what we need to do to make our money grow, which is exactly what Matt and I did. Now, naturally, we had questions along the way, and I'm guessing you do too. If you're new to investing, or even if you're a beginner, you're still going to have questions, and that's okay. But that's why I'm here to answer questions that real people sent in to me on Instagram. My hope is that after listening to this episode, you will feel more confident, even if it's just a little more confident, when it comes to investing for your future. So without further ado, let's dive into six questions that were sent in to me all about investing for retirement. The first question comes from Leslie. She asks, where do I even start when it comes to investing? Do I need to hire a financial advisor to invest? It seems so complicated. First and foremost, I think it's smart to ask this question. Investing isn't taught in schools, and chances are likely your parents didn't teach you about investing in the stock market because they were trying to figure it out on their own too. This is a learning process, and it takes time. In fact, this reminds me of my son James. So when James was trying to learn how to ride a bike, he was terrified of falling off the bike. Riding a bike without his precious training wheels felt so foreign to him. He needed the extra support of training wheels as his comfort. And that's what hiring a financial advisor is like. We turn to others to help us invest because it makes us feel uncomfortable, even though their fees can be outrageous over time. But once James was able to practice, learn, and spend time on his new bike and invest in himself, he was able to confidently ride a bike without training wheels. His bike, his two-wheeled bike, I guess, 
was no longer foreign. The coolest part is that now when I watch him ride his bike, he feels so free and in control. I love seeing him zoom down the sidewalk towards the park on his bike. He has confidence that he never had before. And investing is just like learning how to ride a bike without training wheels. You can hire a financial advisor and they can help you. They can be the training wheels for you, but you won't have the confidence to invest if you don't learn how to do it yourself. You will feel free when you realize that you actually have everything it takes to build wealth on your own. You just need to be intentional and spend time on the bike, practicing and learning just like James did. That's why I think your very first step when it comes to investing is to just commit to learning about the process. Ask questions like, what is the stock market and how do index funds work? Read books about investing and listen to investing podcasts. Take a course or search for answers online. Investopedia.com is an amazing website that breaks down investing terms and is a wonderful resource if you're wanting to learn more about investing. By committing to learning something new about investing every day, even if it's just reading one article online or taking one class, then you'll be well on your way to becoming a confident investor. I know because that's exactly how I learned about investing. The second question that I got comes from Sarah, and she says, the stock market has been so volatile for my entire life. How do I get over my fears that I will lose money? Wow, this is a question that is, I knew I needed to answer it because I know so many people have thought this exact same thing. So first and foremost, just know that it's incredibly normal and natural to have fears around investing, especially since nothing is guaranteed. Yes, you can lose money. No one can accurately predict what will happen with the stock market, but there's one thing we know for sure, when money is involved, our emotions can get in the way. It happens so much that there's even a name for it, emotional investing. Emotional investing is when you invest based on your emotions. And for many people, these emotions come down to greed or fear. Now, I fully believe that our emotions serve a wonderful purpose in life, especially fear. In fact, fear is our brain's way of protecting us. Fear starts in the amygdala, a part of our brain, and sends a signal to your body that it's time to fight or flight. Once fear kicks in, you become hyper alert, your pupils dilate, and your heart rate increases. In many cases, this is a wonderful thing. For instance, if I'm walking my dog Harry around the lake in our neighborhood and suddenly see an alligator hanging out on the sidewalk, I do live in Houston, so this is 100% a possibility, then my fear will kick into high gear. I'll either fight that sucker or run to get my sweet dog out of harm's way because in case you didn't know, dogs are a tasty snack for alligators. However, when it comes to investing, it's best to keep your emotions or fear out of the picture, which can be really hard to do. When the market is volatile, which it is, then your best option is to tell your emotions to take a back seat. Instead, make decisions based on pure facts. When you zoom out and look at the stock market and how it has performed over the past 30, 40, or 50 years, then you'll see that losing all of your money is not likely. You'll also see that it's completely normal and expected 
for there to be ups and downs in the market. In fact, it would be odd and totally crazy if there weren't both ups and downs in the market. So the next time your fear kicks in and you start thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to lose all of my money if I invest? Then it's time to tell your brain, hey, thanks for protecting me, but I've got this and make a decision based on facts. Another great option, if you're prone to fear, is to consider investing in index funds that track the total stock market. This is exactly what I do. Index funds allow you to own a small slice of every company in the stock market or in a particular index, such as the S&P 500. For me to lose all of my money, then every company in the stock market would have to go bankrupt. So to anyone who has fears that you're gonna lose money or lose all of your money in the stock market, I want you to remember that that is a fear. Could it happen? Yes. Is it likely to happen? History tells us no. It's not likely to happen if you are investing in the total stock market over time and if you are a long-term investor. My third question comes from Christy who wants to know, how do I start investing with a little amount each month? Here's the deal. If you don't have a ton of money left over each month to invest, you might be wondering, is it even worth my time and energy to start investing? Chances are you'd rather spend that money on something else. I completely understand because I have had this exact same thought in the past. However, I fully believe that investing now, even just a small amount of money, can help you create a positive financial habit in your life. This means that investing will become a no-brainer for you. It will be something that you do every month without question, especially if you automate your investing. The best part about getting started with investing, even if it's just a small amount of money, is that it allows you to actually see the power of compound interest in action. It's one thing to understand how compound interest works, but it's completely different to see your money make more money. It might even motivate you to start investing more. I love a good example, so here's one that I love. Let's say that you save $100 each month in a high-yield savings account that has a 2% interest rate. After 35 years, you will have $60,956. However, you only contributed $42,100 to this account. The rest grew over time thanks to the interest. Not too bad. I mean, that's pretty good if you ask me. But let's say that you decide to invest that $100 in the stock market instead. The stock market has averaged about a 10% return over the past 50 years. So I'm going to use 10% as an interest rate. I'm not saying that the stock market has averaged 10% over the past six months or the past year, but I'm looking at the past 50 years because when we think like a long-term investor, we look at the facts as a long-term investor. If you do that, and after 35 years, you would have $382,927. Meanwhile, you only contributed $42,100, the same as if you would have contributed into that savings account. The rest of that money grew over time thanks to compound interest. This example highlights that when it comes to investing, every dollar and every minute counts. You don't need to have an extra $500 laying around every month to get started. Some people question, if I can't max out my Roth IRA, what's the point of contributing? 
But I'm here to tell you that even $50 or $100 can make a difference when it comes to your future. Remember, the more time your money has to grow in the stock market, the more money you'll have later on. My fourth question comes from Stephanie, and she asks, what happens to my 401k if I leave my job? This is a great question and one that is really important to consider. Gone are the days where employees stay at the same company or the same job for their entire career. People are excited to make the switch between companies and careers because they want to increase in pay or more flexibility at home. Heck, I want both. I want more pay and more flexibility. But when you leave a job behind, you might be leaving behind a 401k as well. Right now, it's actually estimated that there are 28 million left behind 401ks. That's 28 million 401ks where the owner has just left it behind at their old employer. What's even worse is that two out of three Americans don't even know what they're paying in 401k fees, meaning you could be paying hefty fees that might make retiring sooner harder to do. However, the fear of leaving behind your 401k shouldn't keep you from moving up in your career or switching jobs altogether. If you don't want your 401k hanging out with your old employer, which I don't think I would want it there, then you can always roll it over into an IRA. This allows you to potentially save money over time as long as you choose a low fee IRA. It also gives you the opportunity to manage your retirement account yourself. You can pick and choose the funds you want to invest in, aka you won't be limited to what your HR department offers when it comes to investing for retirement. The entire rollover process can be overwhelming due to paperwork and phone calls alone. That's why I personally recommend Capitalize. They are a free online concierge platform that will actually help you find your old 401ks and roll them over into an IRA of your choice that you have full control over. In other words, their team of experts do all the calling, paperwork on your behalf, and streamline the entire process. One of their recent reviews is from Angie, who said, Capitalize made this so easy for me. Not only did they call my 401k company and then me so I didn't have to sit on hold, they knew questions to ask that I would have never known to ask. They sent me step-by-step -step instructions and I could not be happier. If dealing with your old 401k has been on your to-do list forever, then it might be time to hand it off to Capitalize. Click the link in my show notes to learn more about Capitalize or just go to inspirebudget.com slash Capitalize to get started. The next question comes from Bella and it is a common one. She asks, can I invest even if I have student loan and car debt? Here's the thing about investing while you're in debt. I think and truly believe that it is a personal choice. Obviously, you don't want to take away money that you could be using to pay off debt. However, investing early on gives your money an opportunity to grow over time, which can lead to more wealth in the future. Here's a general rule of thumb that I suggest, but you know, you can feel free to take it or leave it. If you have any debt with an interest rate over 10%, then focus on paying off high interest rate debt first. Anyone with high interest rate debt knows how frustrating it can be to make payments, but see that so much of the payment goes straight to interest. This keeps you from making as much progress on your debt-free journey as you might like. 
If that's the case for you, then pay it off as soon as you possibly can. Like speedy, fast, as quick as possible. This way you can focus on investing and growing your money afterwards. Now, if you don't have any high interest debt, then feel free to start investing now, even if it's just $100 a month. You can still work on paying off debt, but investing earlier can have a major impact on your overall finances. Of course, I just want you to know this is a very personal choice. Our family did not invest while we were in debt. And now that I know what I know, I wish we had. It's just important to make the best decision for you. Our last and final question comes from Sarah, and she wants to know, when I get a raise, how should I review or adjust my investments? First off, I love that you're thinking this way, Sarah. This is a wonderful example of someone who has the right mindset around investing in money. I say this as someone who used to think the exact opposite. In the past, if I would have ever received a raise, I would immediately ask myself, what can I buy more of? And spoiler, I would have never spent my newfound money on investments. (laughs) I am a firm believer that we should be able to enjoy the money that we earn, meaning celebrate your raise, enjoy a percentage of the money and spend it on whatever brings you joy. Likewise, it's important to increase your investing rate as well. For instance, if you bring home $500 extra each month, thanks to your raise, which hey, go you, maybe you could set aside $200 for spending and send the extra $300 each month to your investments. If that feels like too much, then just pull it back to an even 50-50 split. You can spend half on whatever you want and invest the other half. It's so important to not let lifestyle creep get the best of you when you get a raise. This is essentially when you start spending more money as you make more money. Then before you know it, you aren't saving or investing as much. While some lifestyle creep is completely okay, I mean, our family has experienced it personally, just don't let it get out of hand. Here's the deal when it comes to investing. The more we learn about investing for our future, the more questions are going to pop up. But remember that it's okay to learn during this process. It's okay to ask questions. In fact, it's encouraged. The more questions you ask, the more confident you'll become when learning how to build wealth. The biggest thing and the best thing you can do now is to just jump in and get started. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Inspire Budget Podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and a review. Leaving ratings and reviews really just helps get the word out about the podcast and get it in front of people that otherwise wouldn't know about it at all. Plus, I love to read them. I read everyone personally, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave one today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back next week with an interview that I know you're going to love. See you then.